you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. interesting perspective up here. I look out in the audience and ask a question, are you living in the light? And I got some that I'm pretty sure you're living in the light. I got others that's kind of like. Are you living in the light? Do you know that you know that your name's been written down? Hallelujah. 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 Well, I'll stop meddling. It isn't going to do any good anyway. Judges chapter 15. And I'm going to start with verse number 4. We're going to see if the word of the Lord will affect you tonight. Judges chapter 15. And I'm going to read three verses. Verses 4, 5, and six. Judges 15, verse number four. And Samson went and caught 300 foxes. He was a bad man. And he took firebrands and turned tail to tail and put a firebrand in the midst between two tails. And when he had set the brands on fire, he let them go into the standing corn of the Philistines and burn up both the shocks and also the standing corn with the vineyards and the olives. And then the Philistines said, Who hath done this? I'm going to revive an old subject tonight that I want to talk to you about for a little bit because it's timely. It's timely for the church and it's timely for a few individuals tonight that really, really, really to hear what I'm going to say to you tonight, what the Spirit is wanting to speak to the church tonight. I'm all about education. We all need a good education. I'm all about reasoning together. I'm all about digging deep in the Word and pulling deep things out of Scripture. All about it. But if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, there ought to be a sign that you have. 
And if you are on fire, if you receive the Holy Ghost in fire, there ought to be a fire burning in you. Ought to not have to pull it and push it and prime it and fan it and beg for it. It ought to be something the scripture said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. There ought to be something inside of you that shows up. Anybody happy tonight? Notify your face. We used to sing, if you're happy and you know it. Say man. There's a little part of that said, if you're happy and you know it, then your face will surely show it. <laughs> if you're full of the Holy Ghost like the Bible said, and if you're nearly as spiritual as what some of us claim we are, there ought to be a little spark once in a while that there's not enough wet blankets laying around that'll put out. There ought to be something gets a hold of us every now and then. By the help of the Lord tonight, I'm going to preach to you how to set your world on fire. Lord, I need your help tonight. Help me to walk in the Spirit tonight. Help me to walk in the Holy Ghost tonight. If I've needed you before, God, I stand in need of you now. Let me walk in faith in the Holy Ghost tonight. And you do, God, what I am unable to do through your Spirit. Let there be a spark ignited in this place tonight. Let there be a Holy Ghost fire that catches a hold in this room tonight. In Jesus' name. Turn to two or three people around you. Speak to them. Tell them we got to set our world on fire. You can be seated. If you read earlier in Judges chapter 15, you read the account of what had gotten Samson literally fired up. Samson had become wroth. Because the enemy had messed with his family. Am I in the book tonight? The enemy had messed with his family and had made accusations against him. And he had his belly full and he became wroth. Now, I could spend a little time here to tell you, first of all, Samson should have been careful about who he married. If he didn't want the result of a Philistine family, he should have never married into a Philistine family. And then when they acted like a bunch of Philistines would act like, Samson got fired up about it and he set his world on fire. Now in our scripture setting tonight in Judges chapter 15, the, the Bible tells us that they were living in a time of harvest. As a matter of fact, the wheat was already harvested and it now was time for them to harvest the corn and perhaps part of the corn had already been harvested. Now this was important because to understand that in the dry season, the harvest comes in the dry season. It follows a dry season. The, all, the, the harvest always follows the dry season. You've got to have rain in the spring, but then you've got to have the dry season to prepare the crops. The fields were dry. The wheat's harvested, the corn 
for the most part, is still standing. Kind of sounds like a picture of the world that we live in today. I do believe that we are living in the last day harvest that is spoken of in the book of Joel. I do believe these are the last days. And I do believe we are living in this last day. And I do believe that we are seeing and experiencing the end time harvest. This day is a day of great harvest. It sounds much like the time in which we live. Harvest is happening all around the world. Great reports coming from Africa and Asia. Just in the last couple of weeks, reports in one day. Day before yesterday, I received a report of over 700 receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Entire churches and denominations, ministry groups that are receiving the revelation of the oneness of God and are being baptized in Jesus' name and are going home and baptizing their entire congregations. This is the end time harvest. Central America and South America have long been hotbeds of revival. And now Europe is beginning to break open. And revival is beginning to spread into the European continent. We're also seeing revival right here in North America in unprecedented numbers. We are hearing reports of churches that are springing up and growing at rapid rates and tremendous revival and growth. We as a church have experienced a great deal of revival and I believe that it is right for us to celebrate and rejoice in the revival that God has given us. But I want to tell you tonight that revival, the greatest revival, still lies ahead of us. And we are in a season that is very close to us seeing another great harvest of souls. I look back over our records and see one month where we baptized 58 people in Jesus' name. I believe that we are standing on the forefront of a revival that is impending for this church that could rival the 58-soul revival that we saw about 10 or 12 years ago. Thank you, all eight of you that agreed with me. Revival is available to us. Revival doesn't just happen. Revival comes to a prepared place. The church must prepare for revival. The last Great revival, 58 soul revival that I speak of. Followed some 18 months of preparation. And a lot of giving. And a lot of sacrifice. And a lot of labor. Revival comes to a prepared place. And revival comes with a cost. And I want to tell you tonight that some have been praying, paying the price of revival. Some have been praying the price of revival. Some have been laboring. I didn't miss a word. I said it like it is. Some have been praying the price of revival. And some have been paying the price of revival. Because we understand as a church that revival comes when we have made ourselves ready. The church has to be ready. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then will I hear from heaven and will I heal their land.
friend, I come tonight to tell you that there are still some things that are cycling in the church that we must get beyond and get over and pray through and get out of our spirit and get out of our life before revival is going to come. But I come tonight preaching a prophetic message to this congregation and telling you that when the church gets ready, it's going to happen. You're not waiting on God to send revival. God's waiting on some of us to get rid of some attitudes and some spirits and get over ourselves and get to the point to where we'll let the Holy Ghost fire burn in our hearts like it did one time before. Oh, somebody ought to give God a shout of praise tonight. Let me preach a little while tonight, so I'm going to hurry. Four things had to happen in order for the foxes in our text to set the world on fire. The first thing that had to happen was that the foxes had to be caught. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell them, God's got to catch you. Mm -hmm. Some of you have received the Holy Ghost. And you spoke with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. And you have felt His presence from time to time. But you're showing very little sign of life. Because you don't pray like you used to. And you don't witness like you used to. And you sure don't worship like you used to. And you don't support the preacher like you used to. Mm, I need some help tonight. Holy Ghost, help me tonight. I want to tell you the recruiters are out in this world. If you think the recruiters are not out, everywhere you look, everything is vying for our attention. Here we are moving into the awakening season, prayer and fasting. Everything begins to vie for our attention. We get busy and make everything else a priority. We have an appointment. We have an agenda. We have a prior engagement. We've got a ball game. We've got We've got this and we've got that. We've got things that hinder us and things that catch our attention. Things that, that have our attention swayed here and there. And the Holy Ghost is out here saying, I wish I could catch up to them because if I could ever catch them paying attention in one of those Holy Ghost services and I could ever catch them enough that they would get in case. See, I'm... I feel the Spirit of God. I, I didn't know what they meant. I didn't know what they meant some time ago was the first time I ever heard somebody say the Holy Ghost caught them. I didn't know what they were talking about, but I think I got a revelation today. Some of you need the Holy Ghost to catch you because you running all over the place, got your mind in a million different directions. You need the Holy Ghost to come and catch you right where you are, to catch you unaware, to catch you when you aren't paying attention, to catch you and get a hold of you and ignite a fire in you that you will burn again. We get preoccupied with the business of life. We get preoccupied with money and gain and careers and personal agendas. I see a shift happening right before our very eyes where people who were so sold out and so committed that have allowed something on the peripheral of their vision to catch them and to get their eyes off of the prize 
and to get them looking at this flashing light over here or this movement over here and it's all sorts of things that create distractions and God sent a preacher to this pulpit to preach a little message tonight and tell you that God is trying to capture you because he has a reason. He has need of you. He has a desire to use you but he's got to capture you from your schedule and from your agenda and from what you have been focusing on and get you back where you're supposed to be some of you need to turn off that social media account that has you, your attention to capture some of you need to walk away from some of those negative relationships that's captured your attention some of you need to Take a step back and ask yourself what's all the money in the world and what's all the career in the world and what's all the education in the world and what in the world climbing up the social ladder what is it going to do to get my family saved and my children saved and the lost world saved. Somebody needs to let God capture you tonight. You need to get caught again to where you're caught up in the church to where people talking about you saying my goodness all they want to talk about are the things of God all they want to talk about is the church all they want to talk about is that Sunday night service all they want to talk about is that Wednesday night Bible study all they want to talk about is that soul they're reaching all they want to talk about is the presence of God we need to get caught God's wanting to change some of our thinking. He's wanting to send us revival, but he can't send revival because we're off over here not paying attention. Oh, we show up. We show up because it's part of our agenda. It's part of the places where we can meet up. We show up. We show up in physical form, but we're not showing up in the spirit. We're not showing up in the Holy Ghost. We don't show up to give him praise. We show up to see if they sing my song and see who the preacher is. It ought to not matter if it's a novice in the pulpit or if it's the greatest orator that we could bring in to preach. God is still God. We still have a world to win. It doesn't matter if it's my style. God's trying to catch some of you tonight. Samson caught 300 foxes. That's real close to our membership, isn't it, Sister Jordan? Real close. We're a little less than that. My God, I wonder what kind of revival would happen. If all of us would get in one mind and one accord. If we would get passionate about the things of God like we used to be. Instead of worrying about how we look in front of people, I'm reaching a point in my life where I'm, I'm, I'm caring less about what you think about me than I ever have before. I would rather be in a storefront preaching the truth than be in a big cathedral preaching to a dead, dry group that don't want Holy Ghost revival. Give me a handful. Give me 300 foxes that it will be captured by the Holy Ghost. And I came tonight to tell you that revival will sweep through North Central Indiana. It'll sweep. This building won't hold the revival that God is wanting to send this church. But we've got to be caught. I got to hurry. The foxes had to be caught. The second thing the foxes had to do is they had to be tied together. Mm. Some people are loosely tied to the church. 
Mm-hmm. I'm about to meddle a little bit tonight. Some of you want to know why God hasn't used you in the past and you want to get offended because you're not being used the way you ought to. You need to get tied to the church. It's hard for God to use you. It's hard for God to use you when you're not available. Somebody said, well, I wish the preacher would preach more on this subject. I've been watching your attendance ever since I heard that spread across social media. I've been watching how much you're missing. Every time you miss, I just change subjects and preach what? Preach the, the, the subject that you said you wish I heard you, that I preach more often. You ought to show up more. You're not tied to the church. We're a lover of things, but not a lover of God. You're not tied together. Revival can't come to people that aren't tied together. When you're flirting with every ministry on social media, flirting with every preacher that comes through, flirting with every church that's within driving distance, and tell me you want to see revival at CLC. You got to get tied to this thing. And God's not going to use you to set your world on fire until you settle some issues in your heart about how committed you are to the kingdom of God and your local church. I'm all about what God's doing all around us. I rejoice with pastors every week. I'm on group text and forums and we share what God has done. And when we baptize somebody, we send out group text and we celebrate on Monday and sometimes even Sunday night and through the week and on Wednesday and Thursday when we baptize somebody or we have a, a great group of guests and we, we talk to one another and we rejoice together and that's all good and well. But I come tonight to preach to CLC. If you're not a member tonight, excuse me for just a moment. I'm going to pester just a little bit and I'm going to preach to CLC for just a few moments tonight and tell you I thank God for the revival he's sending all around the world. I thank God for the revival overseas. I thank God for the revival in northern Indiana, central Indiana, southern Indiana. But I'm going to tell you where my revival focus has to be. It's got to be right here. Every time the doors are open, I want to be here because this is where God has called me to do what he's called me to do. I can't expect to have revival here if my focus is everywhere else. I'm preaching to somebody tonight that's been too loosely tied. I got a phone call this week. Somebody said, did you know so-and-so been flirting with that church? I said, it doesn't matter. They hadn't been connected to this church in a very long time. I told you I'm going to be real with you tonight. I'm going to tell you where revival's going to come. It's going to come from those that say, Pastor, my feet are planted. My mind is made up. I'm not looking to go. I'm not looking to the left or to the right. I'm looking for revival right where I am. Division is probably the greatest enemy to revival. The New Testament church in Acts, the second chapter, was born in unity. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place and in one accord. That means they were unified in purpose, unified in body, unified in mind. God is trying, he's calling the church tonight to unify like we never have. Pastor, I have differences 
settle the, the difference. Because when you get to heaven, I, I doubt you're going to be able to order your cabin on the other side. And if you can't get along down here, you're not going to have to worry about it over there. I believe I'm in the word when I say to you tonight, if you can't, if you say you love God whom you have not seen, but you do not love your brother whom you have seen, you are a liar. You got to love your brother. You may not agree with everything about them. You may not agree with the way they live, the way their family is. You may not agree with what they do with their money. You may not agree, but you better show love to them and unite with them and connect with them and say we're going to have revival together we're going to have the devil would like to divide you he'd like to divide the church he'd like to divide YA from, from our youth he'd like to divide young marriage from YA he'd like to divide the elders from the music team but the devil is a lie and a father of lies we're going to be unified because we're going to set our world on fire I told you I'm going to be a little strong tonight. I'm tired of text messages, emails, and phone calls telling me what somebody on the other side of the church did and what somebody said over here and how somebody acted over there. I've been watching your attitude too and I've been watching your lack of worship too. If you would pray through, you might see them a little different. If you talk in tongues a little while, you might see your brother in a different light. Come on, we gotta have revival in these last days. We don't have time to be petty. We don't have time. We give up preferences for unity. We give up opinions for unity. We get along for unity. We work together for the sake of unity. We gotta be tied together. Tell your neighbor, we gotta get tied together. Wrong neighbor, tell the other one, you gotta get tied together. We gotta get tied together. The third thing that we see in our text. The foxes were caught and they were tied together. I, le I left a little part out because I thought it might be a little difficult to preach. But the scripture said they had a firebrand in their tail. I'm just going to let you deal with that one. That's just what the Bible said. I'm going to let you deal with that one. The third thing that happened is Samson set them on fire. I hear the voice of the Lord saying, because you're lukewarm. You're neither cold nor hot. You can't run with the world and expect, expect that you're going to stay on fire. You want to stay on fire? You better stay close to some people that are on fire. Don't worry, Brother Tom, I'll clean it up. We're going to build a fire. How many of you know how to build a fire? Anybody got any matches? Call the fire department, warn them ahead of time. Pastor preaching crazy and gone crazy on the platform. Got to have some wood. 
Ooh, this wood's wet. Huh. We got a problem when the wood's wet. This piece of wood has the potential to be part of a great fire. But this piece of wood by itself is not, oh, I see that attitude looking back at me, my Lord have mercy. I'm going to preach over here a few minutes. They don't like me over there. Ooh, Jesus, help me. If you light this piece of wood, you're not going to get much fire. It has the potential to be part of a great fire. But when it's by itself, It's just a potential fire. I need about six people that's on fire to run up here real quick and grab a piece of this wood. Run up here, about six of you. Run up here and grab a piece of this wood. Help me. Thank you for running. Thank you. Yeah, that's, a, that's a willing servant right there. I got about two more pieces of wood up here. Y'all all on fire, right? All on fire. There's a lot of potential up here. A lot of potential up here. And if they decide that they want to be a fire all by themselves... There's a lot of potential up here, but there's not going to be a lot of fire up here. You know what it takes to keep a fire burning 24-7? Is you've got to continually have some hot embers. And when you have some hot embers, you can have a fire. But I can reach down in that fire and pull one of those hot embers out. And lay it out on. In front of the fireplace. And it won't be long. Till that ember stops glowing. Isn't that odd? Isn't that odd? But when you take this hot ember and you take another hot ember and you get them together, smoke starts happening and before long, It begins to burn. Every now and then, pastor's got to get the fire prod. You got to poke it. You got to pull those hot embers together. Because none of those embers, they got good potential, but none of those embers are going to amount to too much. Can I get real with you tonight? There's, you, can, you can be a red hot member, but you, you're not going to be a red hot member very long because the embers got to be pulled together. We got to be together in close proximity. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. That some folks never see the revival fire that they are looking for. Spread out up here. Y'all too close together. Y'all might catch one another on fire. 
It's because you over here trying to have your own fire. And you over here trying to have your own fire. And you over here having your own fire. And you over here bragging about your own fire. And you over here posting on social media about your fire. And all you got's a little bit of smoke. I believe I read somewhere in the scripture that we are a building fitly framed together. We are one body, many members, but we are one body. There is no function in the body until the members come together. But when the members begin to come together, when the members begin to connect up with one another, when the members, come on, put a log on the fire. Come on, put a little more wood there on the fire. When the members begin to say, I'll sacrifice my personal identity. I'll sacrifice my personal ministry. I'll give it because this is what it's about. We will have a fire that will break forth in CLC that will spread through this community. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What hinders fire? What hinders fire is when the praise team's up here. Come on, somebody clap your hands. Come on, somebody stand to your feet. Come on, somebody engage in what God's doing. And we're playing our own little accordion over here, singing our own little song in our own little world. But if you'll sacrifice your agenda for a little while and say, you know what? I'm going to clap my hands with everybody else. I'm going to shout with everybody else. I'm going to dance with everybody else. When we get together in our worship and in our praise, revival fires will burn. There's nothing more pathetic than a cold, dry, dead, lethargic religion. I don't want to really be a religion. I want to be an apostolic church that has been set on fire by the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, lift your hands all over this room and ask God to let the Holy Ghost fire fall on us. I got more to preach, but the Holy Ghost is wanting to settle in right now. If a few of you would step in right now, the Holy Ghost would do exactly what he wants to do in this house tonight. But God is waiting for you to engage. I got more preaching to do, but the Holy Ghost is speaking right now. And he's saying, come on, somebody. You need to step in. Come on, somebody. You need to engage. Come on, somebody. You need to go make something right. Come on, somebody. You need to engage in worship. Come on, we need some fire starters in the house. We need some fire starters in the house.
don't you grab about eight or ten people around you and get in groups right now. Come on, we're going to create a fire in this house. Let's set some worship out in this house. Let's get a, together in a group right now and commit one to another. We're not going to be a wet blanket. We're going to be a hot ember. We're going to come together. We're going to group together. Somebody needs to settle some issues in your heart tonight. You need to make up in your mind. Either I'm in or I'm out. I'm either going to burn bright. I'm going to burn for him with everything I have. Come on, somebody needs to commit it to the Lord. You need to commit it to the Lord right now. I'm tired of living the way I've been living. I'm tired of being disconnected. I'm tired of walking cold and indifferent. I want to be on fire with the Holy Ghost. I want to burn bright. The word of the Lord declares if you're lukewarm, he will spit you out. We can't afford to be spit out. We've got to burn bright. We've got to burn with the Holy Ghost fire. Come on, miracles can happen in this environment right now. Miracles can happen in this room right now. If you have a need right now, speak it to your neighbor. Agree together with them right now. And the Holy Ghost will use the body right now. The Holy Ghost can use the body right now.
Come on, pray one for another. Pray one for another. Oh, let's be sensitive to the Holy Ghost right now. If you feel led to pray with somebody, move across the room and lay hands on them and pray together right now. The Holy Ghost is tying this church together. He's preparing us for a great revival.